Well, before I get started, I need to tell several people happy birthday today. We found out that uh, Earl and Lynette Helms' daughter, Mackenzie's happy birthday, if you're watching. Is she watching? Okay, well, happy birthday, Mackenzie. Uh, we found out that uh, Lynette and I were in the hospital at the same time, having babies at the same time. Probably just within hours of each other. I'm not, I can't remember when Zeke was born, but uh, they were both born 25 years ago on March 12th. And then Annie, not Annie Winters, but Annie, no, I call her Annie, is it white? Okay, because I, I, I know her by her a Facebook tag and there's like three names. So is her married name White? Yes, right. Okay, Annie White is 26, so she's a year older. But happy birthday to some amazing people. I know Zeke has been a blessing in my life. He's taught me lots, and I've had to grow lots. Amen? But uh, I have something that's been on my heart. Let's see, where's Amanda? So I know I got my Sunday school lesson on. I got my object lessons around this morning, but we've all been, Pastor Margaret's been talking about revival, revival, and we all want revival. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing to have revival here in Guymon, Oklahoma? And, uh, and I know she's been talking about it, and, but I, I just, I, I had this in my heart, and so I'm going to share it with you this morning, and it's roadblocks to revival. You know, we all want revival. We all want that we, what we see on TV and wouldn't that be neat? And so I just kind of want to break it down because I love, I'm practical. I'm a practical person. I mean, how does that look? What does that look like? And so uh, this morning, go ahead and put up uh, Romans 13, 11 through 14. And I know Pastor Margaret did it, uh, read this last week. This is in the message. It says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day -day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. Oblivious to God. The night is about to be over and dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed. Get dressed. Don't loiter. Don't linger. Waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. So that, I believe that we're there. You know, I, uh, I talked about Zeke this morning. Zeke's, uh, Zeke's my analyzer. He analyzes everything, but he loves to listen to all kinds of podcasts and all kinds of ministers, and he's always talking about the end times and Jesus coming back. And he said, Mom, did you know? And he's always telling me all this, did you know, did you know, did you know? Well, there's a, did you know, Jesus could really come back at any time. And are you ready? We sing, come to the altar. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling all the time. So what prevents us from answering? So this little lamp over here, mirror, is going to be my representation of God and Jesus. Okay, so he's calling us. What prevents me from going over there? 
Well, number one, as I was bringing it this morning, those that saw me already made comments on that kind of mirror. They know what that kind of mirror means. That's a scary mirror. (laughs) Actually, I'm pretty sure Mick said, it's a lie, it's a lie. Everything we see in that is a lie. Well, it's because that is a scary mirror. It, It shows us all kinds of things, but one of the things that prevents us is the distance. You know, I'm comfortable right here because I can see he's there, it's there, it's my comfort. I, I'm comfortable, but you know, there's so many of us that live in this area right here. We come to church on Sunday morning, we praise the Lord, we sing three songs, four songs when Kim's preaching. Uh, we do the things that we know to do, but we're never uncomfortable because getting any closer to that would make me uncomfortable. So the distance is a roadblock. That distance is a roadblock. But there are things that get in our way to make us different, and one of them is complacency. Complacency, as long as we keep our distance, we're never convicted of anything to change. Because that mirror over there, it represents change. Whether I see something in my eyes or gray hair or something out of whack, it means something in my life has to change. So if as long as I'm comfortable and I'm I'm complacent, so complacency is that roadblock keeping me from there because I don't want to get uncomfortable. And life's good out here. I don't usually get um, attacked by the enemy because I'm not making any difference either. But I'm complacent. This is, this is my comfort zone. So distance is going to be it. Also, you know what else? When people get over there, that I see them over there looking into that mirror, I'm like, there's something wrong in their life. They just found something wrong in their life. And all of a sudden, I step into this thing that so many of us Christians who've grown up in the church, we get into this thing that we think that we have an anointing, a critical spirit anointing, because we can see all the problems. So let me tell you, if you're really, really good at at looking and seeing what's wrong with things, that's your first clue that that is not an anointing of the Holy Spirit. But there is an anointing to see things that are wrong and solution finding. That's that's where the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes. So if you find yourself stuck in that criticalness, looking at all the people over there to saying, oh, their lives are really messed up. That's why they're over there. They're having to fix their face. They're having to fix their hair. You know, if they just were like me, they wouldn't have to do that. I know that's probably a little over the top, but that's sometimes how we think. So being critical, unforgiveness also keeps us, keeps us over there, over here distance-wise. And this is one that I'm really going to stomp on some toes. Busyness. The busynesses of life. Um, you know, when Jesus talked about when he was on the earth and he talked about the sower sows the word and he taught, you can go ahead and put that up, Jeannie, Mark 4, 18 through 19. He's talking about when the sower sows the word, these people, 
get the word of God. But what happens? Now, these are the ones that are sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. Are you guys hearing the word this morning? But then, boom. I mean, I'm already thinking about all the stuff that I have to do. I've got a party this afternoon. I've got to do laundry. And that, uh, that's, uh, all this stuff. All the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. You know, we have to, all these bills, all these things we collect, guess what? We have to pay for them now. Deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in come in and they choke the word and we become unfruitful. And then all of a sudden we wake up and it's Saturday night again and we go, oh, church is tomorrow. And our lives have been so, 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 so busy. They're so busy. And I just want to encourage you new mamas, you, or not new mamas, just mamas, period. You know, we think of revival as someone coming to the church, you know, we're having revival meetings from Monday to Sunday, come out our revival meetings, da, 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 da. And a lot of times those revival meetings are great. I'm not discounting those at all, but a lot of times those people, they walk in different gifts than the people that are here. You know, we, I have, I'm an encourager, I'm a teacher. Those are my gifts. But when we bring other people in, they have different gifts. And sometimes they have gifts of uh, wisdom. They can say, you know, I see God working in your life. You redheaded girls, you're going to do great things. And, you know, everybody wants that. They want to be called out. They want to say, me, 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 me. Talk to me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. You know, I'm that way. You know, I want to be called out. I mean, you know, everybody's just sitting there and the prophet's walking past. They go, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I've been there, mamas. I've been in the nursery. I've been in, I've served all my life. And I've cried out, Lord, you see me back here. Don't forget me. I'm back here. I'm serving you back here. I want to be talked to. And he always talked to me. He always did. He always said, you're doing my work. You're doing the greatest work. So you mamas, and I know that coming corporately to pray is so, so important. I'm not discounting that. But I've also been there with all the little kids at home going, how am I going to pack up these kids and go to the church and pray? You know what? He meets me there. You can pray right there. You can pray at your home. You can pray over the dishes while you're doing them. You can pray over the dirty diapers. You can pray. There is no, no, no greater thing for your kids to see that you have gotten up early and spent time with the Lord. There's no greater thing that they can see you read in your Bible or taking the time out. Moms, he sees you. And you're doing the greatest work. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's worth it. It is worth it. And he does see you. So that was extra for free. But so we are busier. And listen, 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 listen. Our kids, our kids are busier than any other kid ever should ever, ever, ever be. And you know what? They're not busy with bad things. Everything, the, the deal is, is they're busy with good things. And it is so hard as a mom and a dad to go, no, you can't play five different sports this year. I mean, 